Hi, and welcome to an emo girl's guide to the galaxy where we debate, rant, and curse too much. If you like books, sarcasm, and hate the patriarchy, then you've come to the right place. Um, hello, I'm Loretta, and I have your book updates for this week. Um, coming out on May 3rd, uh, all of these are coming out on May 3rd, but, uh, Book of Night by Holly Black is coming out. Um, from Barnes and Noble, it says, Number one New York Times bestselling author Holly Black makes her stunning adult debut with Book of Night, a modern dark fantasy of shadowy thieves and secret societies in the vein of Ninth House or uh, the Night Circus. I'm excited for this one. Jess said it was good, so. Yeah. I already pre-ordered it. (laughs) I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) I need to pre-order it, too. They had that sale. Um, Book Lovers by Emily Henry is coming out on May 3rd. Um, uh, Barnes and Noble says an insightful, delightful new novel from number one New York Times bestselling author of Beach Read and People We Meet on Vacation. One summer, two rivals, a plot twist they didn't see coming. And I read the summary, and the summary of the summary is <laughs> that um, <laughs> a badass literary agent lady uh, goes on her goes on a vacation with her sister, and she runs into an editor, I believe. Um, that she's had several run-ins with before, but, like, not good run-ins. And so, then, I guess romance happens? I don't know. <laughs> Hot twist. <Okay>. Romance? <laughs> if Emily Henry wrote it, I'm reading it. 100%. Because... I've already pre-ordered yeah. that so, as yeah. well. Especially her, uh, like, enemies to lovers style situation. Um, I love it. I have Beach Read and I need to read it. Everyone has told me to read it's... it. I'll both, yeah. The I'll hype is worth it. it. It was good. I gotta get on this. Uh, by the book by Jasmine, I hope I say this correctly. I'm sorry if I don't. Gilory, uh, Gilory. Uh, that's coming out on May third, and it's the second book in the Meant to Be series. Um, it's a retelling of Beauty and the Beast, another bookish themed book. It's as best-selling author Jasmine. Uh, Gilory's reimagining of a beloved fairy tale is a romantic triumph of love and acceptance and learning that some sometimes to truly know a person you have to read between the lines it sounded really cute and now I want to look up the first book and read it um, The Stand-In by Lily Chu is coming out on May 3rd I added this one because I read the summary a while ago and it sounded like a K-drama and I was like <laughs> hell yes <laughs> Um, it's an Audible original, so if you want to go listen to the audio, you can already listen to it there. But on May 3rd, it's coming out um, with a print edition. Um, and it says, How to Upend Your Life. Get fired by gross handsy boss. Fail to do laundry again. Be mistaken for a famous Chinese actress. Fall head over, fall head first into glitzy new world. And basically, it's the plot of Model Behavior, if anyone remembers that I Disney movie. I know Model Behavior, yes. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. Justin Timberlake and his round hair phase. Yeah. I loved it. I really wish he would go back to that hair just for Just for us. Right? I feel like I really like the trope of like, you both look like each other and then you swap lives because they never actually look like each other unless they cast twins, but nobody notices. Or if they cast Vanessa Hudgens three times. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Vanessa Hudgens and you are a doppelganger to the I was going to say Monte Carlo where Selena Gomez is just both. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Too much of that. Lindsay Forget the Olsen twins. We're just going to make you play the entire movie by yourself. <laughs> Go. Parent trap style. <laughs> or what's the movie with the Olsen twins? It takes two? 
Yes, yes. I was obsessed with that one. Or in a New York minute, or all of all, literally. Oh, I guess Guys, that's the, it takes two is the one where they're actually they swapping, actually huh? swap. Yeah, yeah, when and I they was, and they never find out that they're twins. They just really are identical strangers. Yeah, they're strangers, and then one of <laughs> them goes normal. to a summer camp and is an orphan, and one of them is super rich. Yeah. And then the scene that lives rent free in my mind is when they're playing charades, and she just literally falls on the floor. And yeah. like, London Bridge is falling down. <laughs> you got it. That part's so good. Why I remember that after like twenty years, I don't know. That used to be my favorite movie as a kid. It's really good, guys. When I was a kid, I was in the Olsen twins fan club. (gasps) That's amazing. That was a thing that existed, and I was in it. I wish I was. I love that for you. Do you have any of the stuff that they sent? I used to, but I don't know. I had like a bunch of random pictures and stuff that they sent, and now I can't. I don't know what happened to it, but. Oh, man. I so a hope proud you have more. <laughs> <laughs> I I really uh, need you to find those. Yeah, I don't know how please. I did that as like an eight year old. My mom must have helped me, but yeah. yeah. I mean, it was the Olsen twins. They probably like all those mystery videos that they the had. mystery ones. Yes. Oh my god! Uh-huh. Yeah, they like they're gonna solve it, but before dinner time or something. Or <laughs> yeah, get home Give us dark. A mystery. But they're like in a different country. You're like, okay, this makes sense. Sure. <laughs> okay. This feels like an Olsen twins episode. I know. <laughs> We're going to need one now. We do have a I main topic. That's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. We'll, we'll do a whole episode on the trope of switching switching lives, but yes. not looking exactly the same unless you're the Olsen twins. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> Can we please do a I'm the Crypt Keeper? <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's so good. I'm the Crypt Keeper. Lee Curtis. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so around the room, let's talk about what everyone's doing this week. So, Erin, you want to start us off? What have you been up to? Um, I have not been up to too much this week, besides I went to two kids' birthday parties yesterday, which was a lot, Um, but I had so much fun. We, I feel like with little kids, um, it's like hard to get out and do stuff, but then once you're out, we're like, we're never going home. So we literally went to like four places yesterday. We went to a kid's birthday party and then we were having some drinks there in the morning, early afternoon. And then we were like, well, let's just keep it going. So then we went to a brewery and met up with um, my husband's uncle. And then we had to go to a se- second birthday party where they like rented an ice cream truck. And then we had some beers there. And then some friends there were like, well, let's go get some dinner and some more drinks. So then we went to another brewery. <laughs> sorry kids we're just never going home um but it was just so much fun um it was a long day but i just feel like days like that are just they got birthday parties yeah you know like where you just see a lot of people you do like the weather was beautiful it was just like felt good to not just be like at Mm -hmm. home doing the same old same old um my kid at one point from one of the parties got a pack of stickers and we got him out of the back of his car seat um, and he had the stickers back there with him. And then when we took him out, he was just like covered in head to toe with stickers. We're like, yeah. oh, that's what you're doing back there. That's just <laughs> all that you yeah. So we had a lot yeah, of memories it yesterday. Dreaming. It was um, some much needed, just like fun family adventure time. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of that's what, awesome. I've been, what I've been up to. Yeah. All right, Jess, mm-hmm. what about you? Um, I went to Los Angeles this last week and I didn't get to see, well, it was last weekend. Um, so I was out having all the fun and getting yelled at by strangers on Venice beach and you know, all the good things that happen. If you can think of it, it probably happened. It was really fun. Um, but we were like in bed by 11 every night, which was also <laughs> spectacular, um, for a bachelorette. Like that's all I need. You know, you're life. an adult woman. Um, 
Right. <laughs> um, I finished listening to Romancing Mr. Bridgerton and then Eloise's book, the Sir Philip one, because I had read the first four, but I hadn't read Eloise's book. So I just finished that one. And that was cute as well. So excited about that. And yesterday, I took my son to the library for the first time. Aww. And I let him just like take a bag around and just like start throwing books in it. And we came home with some seriously interesting books, but it was my favorite thing. Like, he's forever allowed to pick all the books now. I was so. going to say, he that sounds like cute. a fun game. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, he came home with, like, books. a beard book where you hold the book up to your face, and it's, like, a cowboy beard, and it switches. I mean, I can go get it if you guys <laughs> really want to see it. And that then it's, like, a pirate, fun. and you read it to them with the, like, and then, like, a book about Louis Braille and how Braille became the thing Aww. for kids. And yeah, he came home with some different Good than my him. expected books. That's so. awesome. Like he just grabbed random ones and was like, this is the book. A man yeah. of taste. I was like, about Braille? And he was like, there's a lot of words, but still, I'm interested in these dots. So like, that was kind of the vibe. All right, Loretta, what are you up to? I also read Romancing Mr. Bridgerton, but I hadn't read that one before, so I was pretty excited. And... It, like, got me out of my, like, book funk that I've been in, um, which was really awesome. So I hope that, like, I hope that sticks. Did you finish? Did you finish the book or do you still have a little no, bit No, I have 50 pages left and I was going to finish last night and then I fell asleep. So, <laughs> but um, it was it's really okay. good. It's my favorite one so far. It's so cute. It is. It's one of my favorites, too. I'm so in love with Colin, you guys, but we can get into that later. I, yeah, <laughs> um, Colin. And also the Heartstopper TV show came out um, on Friday, um, and I watched the first two episodes of that because I'm obsessed with the webcomic and uh, the graphic novels, and it's so cute. Oh my god. I yeah, see. I saw everyone was binging it over the weekend. I so want to protect them. They're so adorable. <laughs> I love it. Exploding. Yeah, I I was busy binging all of Bridgerton, which we can get into later. But that's what mm -hmm. I didn't have time for. Hardstopper. I've also been playing. If you some need new a palate cleanse, games. it's good for that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear it's really cute. I hear it's it's a cute one. Um, but I have been putting my life on the back burner because I've been playing Switch games and I bought a bunch. Um, and I got Yoshi's Crafted World, which is so freaking cute. It's the cutest thing ever. I don't know if anybody played Yoshi's Island when it was on the Super Nintendo. I want to now. I, like, grew up on Super Nintendo games, and Yoshi's Island was one of my favorites. And you play as Yoshi, and the whole plot of that one is Baby Mario, like, falls out of the stork because he they get attacked by, like, the little flying dude, evil magic oh, yeah, guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Yoshi has to take him back to his family. And so there's different worlds and different levels. And you get to eat all of the monsters and turn them into eggs. And find <laughs> flowers and and red coins and a bunch of the other, like, fight monsters, obviously. So Yoshi's Crafted World is, like, the reimagined re version of that. You're in, obviously, a mm. different land. And you're trying to get these, like, flower crystals back. You have to find them. They're hidden all over. Um, but it's really cute. So if you're looking for a Mario game to play and you have a Switch, recommend that one. And then on the completely opposite side of the spectrum, <laughs> I also got Little Nightmares, which I either knew about, and then I just blocked it out of my memory, or I have no idea what the game was about, because I was like, oh, Little Monsters, okay, cool. So unassuming. <laughs> no, that game yeah. is so scary. I was playing it during the day, and I was still scared. <laughs> like, what, what is this? There's uh -uh. like... 
You play as this little kid who is in, like, a yellow hoodie. And everything is super big because there are, like, giant monsters everywhere. And there are kids locked up in cages. And you're... There are... It's implied that people are hanging from the ceiling because in certain rooms you see, like, feet dangling. And... It's just, it's very creepy, (laughs) but I also like being scared. So if you like horror games, that's a good one. I'm not done with it. I had to stop, but that's what I've been doing for my week. I saw clips of it and I was like, the art is so cool. I want this game. So I bought it when it was on sale and then I saw more clips and I was like, oh, this is terrifying and I've been too scared to play it. But one of my favorite yeah. things is watching Doja Cat play it because she's hilarious. I know, you sent me the video. I I feel like I want to be friends with Doja Cat. She she made an entire TikTok video about Taco Bell. I forget what what oh, yeah. it was. And it was to the Krusty Krab <gasps> yes! pizza theme song at the end. And she would like use a SpongeBob clip in her, in her video. And I was like, Doja Cat knows what's up. Like, she's a SpongeBob <laughs> she fan. It. She's one of us. Yep. <laughs> but i feel like that's it for me that's it for what we've been up to so i'm gonna hand it over to jess to introduce the main topic yeah so uh today's main topic is bridgerton we're so excited um i'm so excited that we finally get to like talk about this because obviously we weren't around for season one but a lot of us have read the books and i'm sure we have opinions about the differences here. I um, have thoughts. I knew you would. I didn't even want to read your notes. I was like, do I want to look at Dev's notes? I don't think I want to look at them. I set my computer up next to me while I was watching so I could take real-time yeah. notes. So a lot of them are just like my inner thoughts, not even anything necessarily crazy. And then I realized I was going off the deep end. So then I had to rein it in and like stop myself. She realizes she's off the deep end when she's like in the middle of the Marianas Trench. <laughs> Um, I went in and edited the script yesterday yeah. and I saw some of her notes and they were cracking me up. <laughs> Printer boy, I, mean, I love you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, let's get started with, what do we want to start with? Like the music? Well, I think, okay, I have two or, questions. Music is My dope. two questions for everybody first, before we get yeah. into it is one, have we all read the entire series of books or have we read no. certain books? Like, who's read what? So for me, I've read the entire series. I read all the books before I watched the show. So we that's know. like my <laughs> an intro, but I don't think Aaron has read them, right? Like, I haven't know. read a single one, so I have only seen the show. So I'm going to be on the other end of the spectrum with no, no insights. That, I don't think that Aaron has ever even read a Regency. No, that was going to be the next oh, thing Oh, that's I said. right, I'm because never... you don't like you don't like that kind of like historical genre of stuff. Like you prefer to be in the present day. It doesn't appeal to me on that like outset, but I feel like I need to do it because I probably would like it more than I think um and it's just like I don't know if we count uh like Pride and Prejudice in that era is it kind of close to that era yeah. so I used to be yeah. like fully obsessed with Pride and Prejudice when I was in high school and I don't know why I never branched further from that like I was like I want to have my wedding Pride and Prejudice theme to make everyone dress <laughs> up which I did not do but like I was like really into it and then I I remember being like but if it was only, like, steamier, that would be better. Which is, like, that is what this is. So I don't know why I yes. never, like, jumped over to that. But, yeah, I never read anything Regency. All right. All right, Loretta, Jess, what books have you read out of the series? 
I just finished Eloise's book, so I've read the first five, five okay. of the books, and I have like done a reread. I'm not super into Benedict's, like I don't, I didn't reread that one, but um, yeah, I've read the first five, okay. but I have not ventured past that. However, I have read an absurd number of Regency novels, <laughs> and so like I'm well versed in the Regency situation. What? Like, how many books you... are there total for Bridgerton? There's eight of the eight. of the siblings because there's eight of them, and then there is also a some spinoffs. One before that, that's about the mom, which I don't know if I want to read because I feel like that's kind of weird because you see her in eight books as a mom, and then you go back and you're like, I yeah, I don't know. And then there's also, which Loretta told me last night, there are spinoffs of the Smithy Smith girls. The Smith Smith girls, the ones. Yeah, who I do. don't know how you say her, their name. But... In the books, they are. The um, terrible singers. Yes, yeah. the ones who put the concerts on every in every book. In the books, they put a, they don't show it in the show, but in the books, they um they put on a concert, the musical, and they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they're really terrible. It's highly entertaining. It's weird for oh. me because uh, this all came about for me in a really weird way. My one of my good friends and I were in um, a used bookstore. And she was telling me about this series. She was like, I was obsessed with these books in college and they were so good. I loved them. And to be fair, she told me that they started off like kind of iffy, but then they get better as they go. And she's like, you should read them. Um, And I, you know, and so we were looking and then she, she had to look it up and um, we ended up finding the Bridgerton books and I bought the first four and then I went home and read the first one and the ending made me feel so icky that I wasn't going to read the rest of them and then like a month later they announced the show and then so I watched mm-hmm. the show and I liked the show because I hadn't read the rest of the books but now I've read more of them and I've read up to the fourth one so all right it's, it's I will say weird. for everybody out there who needs recommendations on Bridgerton that the second half of the series at least the books are really good I feel like my top three are in the second half so mm-hmm. I highly recommend going in and reading those if you like the show uh, my second question, which Erin can't answer, was going to be, do you prefer the books or the show? So, <laughs> controversy here. <laughs> okay, so this is going to piss you off, probably. I like the show better, and it's because I think I have read so many Regency novels that I just think that as far as the books alone, and like the if you want to look at like Stephanie Lawrence Sinster series, she's got like 20-something all connected and I've read all of those and I didn't stop like I just binged them to death because there was something about that family that I connected with more and the writing I think for me uh but I really like the books I enjoyed them Eloise's was great and I haven't finished the series so like I should finish the series before I really say something but I just like I really like the show I've greatly enjoyed it I have some issues but I really enjoyed it in general so yeah what about you Loretta I don't know um, I feel like I, I have a feeling Dev likes the books more, just a guess, mm-hmm. and I feel like I fall <laughs> in between you two. I'm like, I don't know, they're, when I first saw season one, I had only read book one, and I didn't even really like it that much, so I loved the show, because mm-hmm. I hadn't read any of the other books, I had no attachment to anybody, and I was like, this is so fun, and now I've read more, and there are things that I'm annoyed with that they chose to do, so yeah, I love the show, I don't love parts of it, I don't know. Yeah, 
I I'm the same way. I like the books better, but I won't say that I don't like the show. I think it's just I have to think the of stuff. them. I just think of them separately. Like I, love I the was book, thinking yeah. about this too because I was like, why am I like this? Like, why do I choose? <laughs> like, like why can I just sit here and enjoy this? And I think the main reason for me is that when I'm reading any type of romance, I'm. I do it because I need something, like, fun and lighthearted. I'm not looking Mm -hmm. to it to be like, oh, my gosh, there's so much drama. What's going to happen next? Oh, no, there's a scandal. Like, I'm going into it knowing, oh, it's a Regency romance. It's going to be fun. There might be, like, one main plot Mm -hmm. twist that causes problems for people, but I'm not going in it for the drama, and I feel like people who watch the show who get into it who are like super invested watch it because they enjoy like more drama and i'm like okay i get needing the drama but i'm not watching it for that i'm not invested for that i'm invested because i want a cute love story like i that's why i'm here i don't need drama (laughs) yeah it's it's like taking a rom-com and then turning it into like i mean Shonda Rhimes produced Grey's Anatomy, guys. I know. So, like, we're, I know. Getting, we're getting Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> not that level that of drama. It's just been on for like 50 years. <laughs> definitely more drama happening than actually happens in yes, the books. Yes, that one of my. Which, for a TV show is good because rom com TV show, I think that it wouldn't have succeeded as much. I think this is the way that it needed to be done to be as popular. Of course, as yeah. One of my one of my notes is like Shonda, why do you have to be so dramatic about literally everything? Yeah. Like I understand <laughs> needing the drama. It's just especially with season one, there was too much mm-hmm. drama. Like they didn't focus on the I main plot enough because they mm-hmm. were too busy setting up all of these other dramatic side stories. Like yeah, why there there were just every side story was dramatic and i was like where do i look like what am i focusing on do i look at benedict and like his sex orgy parties and his artist stuff like do i think we just need to let benedict live do i look at like eloise and drama like am i looking at penelope and like her unrequited love am i looking at daphne like what what's going on here it's just like there's there was too much drama for me it was too I much i do think okay the penelope and colin arc that they're doing in the dr- in the show oh, though is so good it I is really good. for it i love it so I, much. and they're like my favorite couple so far yes. so like see they, so they end up they as a couple mm-hmm. yeah in the book about <laughs> four yeah um we're doing spoilers yeah. i'm assuming yes because i have a lot i mean i just did yeah <laughs> But anyway, spoilers for the books and the show. Um, I liked the arc that they're doing with Penelope's character and Colin, and I she's the only character in the show who has like successfully made me tear up multiple times. Oh, I like know. everything about her character and about her in her corner, like pining away and just like giving him those like longing looks. <laughs> Penelope, you're my I'm like, favorite. Okay, I know that all of them are supposed to look like they have this perfect porcelain skin situation, and like I get that they're actors and they've got like this great, but like, how does she literally glow from the inside? I need that. She does that. Like, she just is actually Very luminous glowing. in every scene, and I'm like, how do you get She's your so skin cute. to do that? I just I need to <laughs> share. I mean, yeah. I'm also significantly older than her, I'm sure, so that's probably an issue. I but. actually looked up the characters 
And all of them, <laughs> minus the younger kids, are in their late 20s, early 30s. Some of them are like 35, 36. So. Okay, well, that's just offensive to me. <laughs> now that's, I feel worse. Celebrity. <laughs> yeah. I know it comes as a surprise that I Googled everything and no. have the answers to this, so it's fine. It's probably because she just has, like, a sunshiny heart, and it's, like, glowing, and just you just have a dark emo heart, and it doesn't <laughs> glow. So I'm just cloaked in shadows. <laughs> also, <laughs> I'll take it, I'll take speaking it. about the emo hearts, I did like the music in the entire show. The music is so good. They took all of the good pop music and turned it into classical so music, good. and I lived for it i never knew i needed wrecking ball on violins before right that was so amazing that scene (laughs) oh my god with that music i can't it was so good wildest dreams when that first that was my favorite dreams oh my god i was like of course taylor of course they had to yeah I it's the most beautiful thing. I really just wanted them to do all Taylor Swift music throughout the entire thing because it would have worked so well. Keep us a whole album, album. Class, just all music. classical Taylor Swift. There, yeah. there's a song for every situation. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. She's got so many. Yeah. Um. Okay. So season one, we'll just start from the beginning and go in order. The one thing, the one main thing that I was salty about was the reveal of lady whistledown that's fair yeah i don't like that they did it either if i would have watched it first instead of read the books first i think it wouldn't have made me as salty as it did but because i knew how it happened in the books i was like this is not why are you doing this you're ruining it because colin and penelope's book yeah that's the whole plot of the entire thing is that everybody's trying to figure out who it is so now that the viewer knows it takes away from like that fun mystery element of it and it takes away from the drama that does happen in their story because everything centers around that in the like what first half of the book it's just like you still don't know and they're talking about it talking about it and then like halfway through the book you find out that it's her and then from then on he's just like trying to help like keep her from whatever yeah even as some i had when i watched season one i had only read book one and so i didn't know who lady whistledown was and even i not know not having read the all of the books thought they did it too early i was like oh you're already revealing this like i thought that was gonna be stretched the fuck out i hadn't read any of the books when i watched the first season and then i read them all before season two or at least the first four and i thought until you told me, no, no, that's really true or whatever. I When they revealed who it was, I thought it was a red herring. Like, yeah. I, I think at that Fair. point, they still could have swapped it if it wasn't really her. Um, so that, I really thought it was a red herring. And then everybody's like, no, no, that's really who it is. And I was like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah. I wish you guys had just gone along with my it's not real thing. <laughs> I, I get yeah. I get why they did it. Like I get that they probably decided to reveal it in season one because they weren't sure if it was gonna take off and if they were gonna do mm-hmm. more seasons. But I would have still kept it because if they did continue on with the series, which they obviously did, it would yeah. have been more <clears throat> exciting, I think, in my mind for everybody. Well, you know, it's to almost like they could have just clipped that bit out yeah. and like aired a different episode. I don't know how Netflix works. So Yeah. Because it's tacked on right at the end. So they could just 
Or they could have done it like they do in other shows that have, like, that mystery writer, like in uh, Pretty Little Liars, where you see, like, a clue, (laughs) right? Like, you see them writing, and you're like, oh, that's definitely a woman's hand, or, like, whatever it is, you have a glimpse of their hair, or you have something to base your clues off of, because I, that might have been okay, it was just... I love book four so much. And I was like, this is going to, like, how are they going to do their season now with the fact that now, and then also jumping into season two. I mean, nobody knows except for Eloise, so. Right, now that Eloise knows, like, that also kind of messes with the trajectory of her storyline as well. Because in the fourth book, there's not, like, all of that drama when everybody finds out about Mm -hmm. Penelope. It's kind of, like, resolved, but then there's something specific specific which i won't say because loretta's not done yet but there's something that (laughs) happens that like then starts triggers eloise's story there's not like this dramatic like i don't want to see you ever again yeah and then like they walk (laughs) away from each other i didn't like that little bit that they added because it's like this doesn't happen and is unnecessary friend fighting okay so that is my one my biggest takeaway from all of it my biggest complaint is that they inserted all sorts of unnecessary unscripted catfighting that i just think sucks for women in general like why do we have to ruin sisters why do we have to ruin friends we're causing fights between women that did not exist in the books just for the sake of causing girl fights and i hate that that's my yeah that's my hard agree yeah i don't know why you have to create girl fights there's other fights that are happening i don't know why you're (laughs) trying to like force us to catfight each other there's so much drama without it yeah, like, yeah, there's so much exactly. going on. We don't need catfights, <laughs> and I wish that you would just stop. And to go off of your whole, like, why are we choosing these specific things for women, like, I wish they would have kept Daphne's character more of the wallflower weirdo, yeah. like, awkward character that she was in the book, because as the series goes on, you realize that that was one of the main takeaways from Julia's writing was that even the quote weird ones or even the awkward kind of not fully out there women are, are like, you know, they're good enough. Like they have their qualities and everybody deserves love. And that was her thing. And that was why the Bridgerton family, why everybody liked them is because the mom, you -hmm. know, taught them like, Oh, go dance with Penelope, go dance with, whoever is, you know, the shy girl yeah. this season and that's what makes them so adorable. They're not like everybody else. And then you have to go and be like, oh, she's so perfect. She's the diamond of the mm-hmm. season. She's going to marry the prince, blah, blah, blah. Like, why couldn't she just be the awkward Bridgerton sister that she was in the book? Why do you have yeah. to make her perfect? I disliked her character in both seasons so much. She was better for me in season awful. two. In season one, they made her. They, I mm-hmm. feel like they dumped her down a lot more than she is in yeah. the in book yeah. one, which is one of my she, things. Too. But she really annoyed me in season two too. Like her just being like having this like knowing look on her face, like in my marriage, this is how we do things. So. Yeah, I don't know. She just felt like pretentious to me, and I was like, I already didn't like you, and you're just like uh, your delivery of your lines. I don't know. Everything bothered me. I did not like her. I still don't like her. (laughs) I'm with you. I like like her her character in the books. So I watched the first season, and I was like, okay, I understand why we like this. I like the whole thing. I don't love her. I don't love him and the way they handled that whole thing. 
But I do like the story and the characters and everything in general. But then I read the book and the first half of book one, I'm like, I'm obsessed with these two. These guys are hilarious. She is so funny. She's so wonderful. Then the second half of the book happens and I'm like, eh, that sucks. But yeah. I didn't love that. But Don't get also, me started. Anthony was not a complete dickhead in the books. No. Yes, is yeah. he a little, especially in Eloise's book, um, the four boys come to do some stuff and I they're just absolute. Scene. I told, <laughs> I told grown man bears like back off with my sister scene. or I will yes. murder you. This, I that scene that was scene. fantastic. I'm so excited to see this. It's so good. Which, Which is like, I, I feel like they did that to all of the characters though. Like they made slight character adjustments yeah. to all of them and some of it worked and some of it didn't. And I don't like, like they made Eloise more. Uh, of Hyacinth's feminist. character, too. They made Hyacinth. I thought she should have been more sassy. She's kind of yeah. like mellow in the show. And in I'm the like, books, Hyacinth is, is the not mellow one. Hyacinth yeah, is like the wild like one. Out not there. Yeah, she's like out there. She asks the Duke in the book, like, why don't you just marry me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, <laughs> okay. She's cool. 13. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. why. <laughs> and they made Daphne a lot dumber in the show, mm-hmm. I think. She's a lot more sassy. And they had an unnecessary like rift between Eloise and Daphne in the show which is not in the books like right. they're all closer oh, yeah. they're not like Eloise and Daphne never get into fights because Eloise wants to like go and reshape the world and Daphne yeah. wants to be part of society like that doesn't I happen I see value in what they did like I don't like what they did to Daphne because I don't like anybody making a woman dumber than they are but I see the value in, like, juxtaposing those two characters and giving the family more general dynamics of how they behave. Like, they're really individualizing each character. Because in the books, they are all a little similar. Like, they've all got the same type of humor and stuff, which happens in families. But also, I think this way they're just kind of trying to round out characters into, like, archetypes a little bit Oh, yeah, of course. And I... I like that they all have their personalities, but I think the changes that they made worked for some, and then it didn't work yeah. for others. Like, like for Colin, it works great. Colin being, like, Colin. the complete himbo my is favorite. my favorite thing they've done. <laughs> He's my favorite in the book and in the show. I'm just Me like, too. wow, baby. Yeah. I'm re- I am I was reading you. before, and I was like, I'm so in love with you. Yeah. And then I also didn't like that they made Anthony a douche. Yeah. He's such a fucking They make him so seasons. mean. He yeah. is literally he's the such worst. a mess. <laughs> he is the worst in the books, but he's not that bad in the books. Yeah, like, he, he is the worst in the books, but he's he not that bad. He is like the stubborn older brother who's like, Gosh. I'm just watching out for you. Like, I'm doing what's best for the family. But he's not that bad. He's I, not. I feel like in yeah. the books, Anthony, Anthony, like, is kind of in accidental douche sometimes like yeah. but you can see that he's really trying to like make decisions that are good for the family but then in the show he's just off he's, all over the goddamn place he's yes. such a trick like but part of me okay i hate that they made him such an asshole but part of me just loves to watch him just like light the world on fire as he turns around oh yeah he's like literally he's like gaston if gaston was in the woods just like going like this and everything around him like his torch was just lighting everything on fire and he's like how did this happen like that's him you made me so mad and i struggled really hard with season one like i had fun watching it but like 
He's so and annoying. The, the page, well, that, but like all the patriarchy stuff was like t- too much for me in season so one. Much. I was being just so furious the whole time about like how women were treated and just like what is expected of them and how one little thing ruins everybody and ruins like, I know that's like the theme of all of it and just that era, but it was not as strong for me in season two because Kate is such a badass that she's just like yes. middle finger to all of this. Yes. And then Eloise gives me life with all of that. But like mm-hmm. season one, I was just like, this is so annoying. It's exhausting because they do it's too much they do too much they don't focus enough on the main plot and they it's just like why why do we have to watch all of the patriarchy like burn down all of these women like why do we have to have marina thompson who they just happen to cast as a mixed girl be the one Mm -hmm. who gets pregnant before marriage and who has all of this drama who tries to like trick Colin into marrying her mm-hmm. like why this doesn't happen in the book at all she's dead in the books like she's not she doesn't exist in the books the only the only mention you get is that she's somebody's wife and now she's dead like, I don't understand it. why they dragged Colin that was a that. rough storyline for me to read I will be honest I can't I couldn't stand to that like the women are not even allowed to know like what sex is so like the whole time, Eloise and Penelope are like, how the hell did she get pregnant? Like, what the yes. fuck? And it's I, like, I, I no one's going to really tell funny. them. And then Daphne doesn't even know how you make a baby because no yes. one's told her how it works. Like They get into it in the book, though, and it's so much better than in the show. Like, but Daphne Mama Bridgerton fails. Yes. She, does. she doesn't tell Daphne anything. And then Daphne goes off on her mom in the book and she's like, you didn't tell me anything. I'm never going to treat my kids like this. Like, yeah. what? Like, I'm going to go and make sure that all my sisters know what, what's going on because you didn't say anything. Like, the way that they had it was, so it was, satisfying was a too. lot better that was than great in the show. I would have stood up and cheered for that if that happened right. in, the, in the show. And I was just so yes. furious She should have yelled at her mom. Yeah. Also, in Eloise's book, which I just read, when Violet comes to talk to Eloise, she's like, I don't think I did a great job with Daphne. I really don't know. Do you understand this or do we need to talk? And Eloise is like, no, I got it because she paid off a maid to tell her. (laughs) Her and and Francesca pooled their money and paid off the maid to like tell them what sex was. And she's like, don't worry. I got a really in-depth description. (laughs) I got my money's worth. It's good. And then she's like, yeah, this is great. I am liberated. This is wonderful. Um, But also, her and Francesca went and, like, bribed somebody to tell them. With their personal money. Like, to just, like, their allowance. Can you imagine being, like, in middle school and you go get your allowance to bribe somebody else to tell you what sex is? I mean, I'm in Texas, so you basically have to do that anyway. But, like, (laughs) ugh. Sorry. Oh my god. Yeah, but that's just stuff sorry. that made me so furious watching it that it wasn't as much of an issue for me in season two. But mm-hmm. and that's just that's just stuff is rough for me. I'm like, this isn't yes. enjoyable. And that was no, one it's... of my issues too. I think coming from the opposite side, which was reading the books first and then going into the show, is that they made a lot of changes and some of them worked, but most of them, like ninety five percent of them, felt very unnecessary. Or it was like you yeah. chose to add in husband rape but you didn't choose to add in the feminist stuff about like Daphne going off on her mom that she didn't tell her about sex like you chose to keep in Daphne raping her husband but you didn't choose to keep in all of what happens in book two and instead you change it into a love triangle with sisters like there was no love triangle I just like there was no love triangle. There was no love triangle. I just don't understand what what who who made those decisions we need to have a conversation Mm mm-hmm that's really um that's really my main 
my biggest problem with book one and season one is because they chose to keep it for some reason is that she basically rapes her husband i mean there's no other way to say that she gets him drunk she takes advantage of him and she keeps going when he says no like i don't understand and i just i hate that i hate it so much i hate it when i read it and i was so hopeful Mm -hmm. i was like please change this one thing if you're gonna change anything and then they and didn't. I can't believe they didn't change that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. you're right, uh, Deb. Though, like the, that was for the drama of it. They were like, "This is shocking, so we need it because it's shocking, and it's going to make people mad, and it's going to get them talking." That was the only reason they kept it in there. Yeah, because it didn't have to be in there. They really could have done that a different way. Yeah. It's crazy that it's in the book too, though. Like, that's it's yeah, worse it, in the book. It, they, they eased up on it a little bit. Yeah, she could have read or like found out what it was about and then confronted him because in the book, her character would have confronted him in the show. Her character would not have confronted him. But Mm -hmm. with the way that they were. Yeah, they could have taken that out easily. It shouldn't have been in there. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what my main issue was with season two. The first four episodes. They're so good. I sat. Yeah. I was watching it, and I was like, "Why does everybody hate this?" The like, first what's going on chunk what's, was so good. The, the first half, half is amazing. That's the and part then, that sticks to the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Why can't they just stick to the book? Why can't they ever just stick to the original? When I story? tell you that I saw uh, Edwina in a wedding dress, my head was exploding. I was like, "No." This does not happen. This is different. This does not happen. She didn't even like him. I don't understand. Yes. I was I was so upset. And that's when I was like, I'm not even going to talk to you guys about this until you that watch it. Going, that kept going. They ruined like, Edwina's character. They ruined Edwina's character. They did. In the book, she's so awesome. Like, she does have that more, like, unassuming personality. Mm-hmm. And she does kind of match, like, the whole debutante, like, oh, I'm here to find a husband vibe. Yeah. But... She does it because she doesn't care since she already has somebody she wants to be with that she's already in love with. And this whole love triangle is a non-issue because it's not even a thing. I don't understand. I was watching it and I was, they were planning the wedding and I was like, this can't keep going. This is going to end soon. And then it kept going. And then she was in a wedding dress. And then it was the night before. I was like, this has to stop at some point. And then it got so far. (laughs) That's exactly how it was for me. And I haven't even read the book. So I had like, again, like I had nothing to compare it to, but even as just someone watching this as its own thing, a show, it went too long. Like, you know, they're not going to be together. How are you going to wait all the way up until they're at the altar in front of the queen and everybody? And then be like, Oh, now we cut it off. Oh, no. We need to explode Erin's head and tell her what happens about yeah. the bee. Okay? I Jeff. was waiting for the scene! I was I, waiting. That was when I was happen. like, you're gonna cry. Between I, that and the storm, I thought everybody was I gonna I wanted it to happen so badly, and then when it didn't happen, I just wanted them to get caught so badly, and then they didn't get caught, and I was like, where are they going? I was watching What's happening? I was watching the last three episodes. Like, where where okay. is this gonna go? So I'm gonna catch books, up, Erin. So yeah, in yeah. the book, when they're in the garden and the bee lands on Kate and yeah. he freaks out, it stings her and he starts sucking <laughs> the poison out of her shoulder. He and somebody out. catches them and they're like, Oh, you gotta marry her now because I'm pretty Mrs. Seventon, right? just like, like her, sucking her, like, her collarbone. <laughs> Penelope's mom is walking through the garden and she sees them and she's like, oh my god! 
She's so annoying. They I get so they annoying. get caught in the book, and then I think and then they is get it forced Penelope's to get mom though? I feel like it's his mom too. I could be like, wrong. Three, I thought it was her. It's but... three. I think three it might women. be both of them. Yeah, three women are like walking in the garden, and then they catch them, and then they're like, "Oh well, now you guys have to get married." And Kate and is like, happens, "No, I don't have to. Like, I'm going to be a governess anyway. I don't need to marry him." <laughs> She's yeah, like, and "No, it's fine." This happens like halfway through the book, and yeah. the the second half of the book is them married, married. trying to figure it out. Yeah. Like, oh my god, they're what? married. Yeah, they yeah. are married for half the book. Yeah, and then I also okay going back to season one for the opera singer, which I was so upset that they changed the opera singer's character because in the book, again, she's like this really cool, like older Italian opera singer who just lives her life. She's like, yeah, I'm gonna travel and I'm gonna go have sex with all kinds of guys who love me because I'm hot. And in the books, her and Anthony hook up but they don't like each other like he's not obsessed with her in the books he's just like oh you're back in town let's hang out and then Kate is in his office trying to hide from him when he brings her in <laughs> he finds her underneath the desk and then scene. steps on her hand and I'm like okay Anthony you took it too far but like yeah, maybe don't step on your wife's hand dude thing like that's again why why did they have to add that drama why did they have to put like an opera singer in the position to be like, you don't love me. You can never be with me. I yeah. have to protect myself. I am glad that at least they pulled her out of season two. Like, they didn't make her a thing in season two. I yeah. mean, for other yeah, but, reasons. But I was I'm glad about that, that they didn't bring her back because I was worried they were going to bring her back I love and make Square. that double drama. And I, I thought that was going to be his story. I didn't know anything about him. So I was like, oh, she's definitely coming back. There's going to be more to that. I would have preferred having drama between the opera singer and Kate than I would have yeah, with yeah. Kate and her True. sister. True, for sure. I was yeah, going to say... Like the sister thing. That was so uncomfortable, all of it. Like, I, I, I like have three sisters, and I would never fight with any of my sisters over a boy. I would but, never be like, exactly. what I'm an only child, and that made me uncomfortable. No, but it was, it was especially bad because I feel like Edwina was being a little, like, like calm down girl like she's like how could you do this it's like all i've done is try not to do this like i've been trying everything in my power to like a have you not marry him because i freaking said that from the beginning or b then squash my feelings and let you marry him against what i initially said so then when she's like how could you do this behind my back she's like i'm literally what are you talking about like i just felt like that was unjustified like how upset she was like you didn't tell me you loved him well yeah because you were already marrying him like what was that gonna do yeah, yeah, I felt the same way to a certain point. Like, I, if, if if I were in her shoes, I would be mad that I was blind and that nobody told me that that was going yeah, on. Yeah, I would be like, you didn't tell me anything, but at the same time, like, you kind of know that he doesn't really like you as much as he should, too, so. But what? also, like, in that era, nobody, like, that's rare, somebody actually liking their person that much that they're going to get married right. to, right? Like, or, like, to have it be mutual. That's, like, the whole thing is that, like, these people are actually finding love, whereas in so many of these marriages, it's just like, all right, th- this will do. Yeah. We the one no scene I did, I loved, that I was waiting for, that they actually did justice to, was the Pal Mal game. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was my favorite part. The Mal is I think it's better in the book, but the I love mud. it. Yeah. I also, for those who are trying to figure out if they want to read the books, at the end of every uh, book, there's, like, a short story that shows what's happening with everybody, like, years after. And Anthony's short story is him and Kate 
hiding the mallet of death from each other so that way when they actually play the next year's game they end up with it for good luck (laughs) and so like it's somebody hiding it underneath a bed and then like one of them bribes the maid to tell them where the where the mallet is hidden and they go back and forth being like how did you find where i hid the mallet of death and they're like i have my ways sorry (laughs) i was gonna say earlier um i do kind of understand why they had to change like the story of season two because basically the entire second half of the plot of the book is anthony having an existential crisis about dying He's like, I'm going to die and leave my family. What am I going to do? I can't fall in love. And he's like freaking out about it, which is kind of depressing for a TV show. Um, But I don't know. I feel like they they never get into that at all, which is like part like a whole good chunk of his character is that he doesn't think that he's going to live past the age his dad died because his dad was a great man. And there's no way that he can like ever reach that age because how is he supposed to live past his dad? Um, but I did like that they made him more human in the beginning of season two. Like, mm-hmm. I was all about Anthony doing his interviews with, with all of the different women. Oh, I know. Oh, that's hilarious. He's like, he's, like, dancing with one of the girls, and he asks her a question, and he just, like, rolls his eyes in disgust. Uh. And I'm like, I love you. Like, this is the best <laughs> thing ever. And then somehow he managed to ruin it halfway through, and I'm like, okay, this isn't gonna happen anymore. Okay, so... Anthony and Kate, though, like the chemistry between those two, oh my was god, unreal, so insane. Yeah. I look back at season one and I'm like, I was only watching him. Apparently, like, and again, I didn't really love Daphne like you, Erin, but the chemistry in season two is so off the charts compared yeah. to season one. I was like, yeah. what? I is wanted happening? more. I loved Everybody, the tension so much. Everything in season two was better. Season two yeah. for me is just oh. superior to season one. It was if so much hotter just, with less skin. I don't know. Yeah, if they would have just stuck to the storyline and not had, like, a love triangle thing happening with the sisters, like, mm-hmm. it would have been so good. Because even the additions that they did in that story, minus the whole Eloise and Penelope thing, I was like, this is good. Mrs. Featherington. I laughed my ass off. blackmailing, what's his name? That was, I loved that storyline. And she's like, I have my ladies like i have my daughters and i love my daughters i'm gonna do anything for them i was like how how do i now love mrs featherington how did this happen what what did you just do i love that the printer boy mr mr theo sharp are you kidding me (laughs) just so you know i was googling this man i was trying to find that man i was like how is this hottie showing up when he when he comes out of the print shop with his stack of books and he's like i read these books and i think that you'll like them too i set them aside for you dream man can we also say that eloise and her footman were in like i was a thing right there was a thing. He's just like, don't worry, I got you. And he's like, I know it's supposed to be like big brothering, but I'm like, how am I shipping you two together? Like, <laughs> Me really? Too. I like I like the printer boy. I like you. I don't know. I'm making my own love triangle in my head. And it's <laughs> Eloise, her footman, and the printer boy. And I don't care about the others. I mean, I care about the chemistry, but like these three right here. But, yeah. But like, right? Like the looks the footman's giving. I'm just like, oh, I want somebody to look at me the way that footman is looking at Eloise with his. I did the same yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. With his side eyes, he watches her walk off to go see Theo. And you're yes. just like, okay. But he's yes. 100% just like watching her and trying to take care of her as best he can constantly. And I'm, I love him. I, I love yeah, everything I'm about upset. him. I'm upset. Like, 
all of the additions in season two made sense to me, except for Eloise and Penelope fighting. Season yeah. one, everything that they added was unnecessary. I don't understand. There was like twenty times more, <laughs> twenty times more sex in season one than they yeah. needed. There was like was two sex scenes in season two. I watched that with I my mom. <laughs> like I don't think we needed ladder sex. I it was, was like I get thing? it, I do, but I, I don't know the answer. No. I will say, can and we when they're like fighting it? and he like goes down on her on the stairwell, then he's like bye afterwards. I was like, yeah, this is so bad. Weird. Like I that was so very uncomfortable. So weird. So much of that. I was like, this, like their scenes together, I did not find like sexy or yeah. hot. But and season I two, have, different story. They could just I be just in the room together. Understand that they have this romance writer who is good at what she does who literally writes sex scenes and you're not going to take any notes from her <laughs> yeah. like, let's not let's not ask the romance writer her thoughts on these sex scenes like let's just decide what we want to see let's... yes um, outdoor, I, sec, outdoor sex that hap- ends with it raining, even though they're trying that? not to get And they caught. stay there. He stays there all night long. And like, then, he like, just puts outside in the rain. The no random problem. pillows and blankets show up. Like where <laughs> they've been worried about that? getting caught <laughs> all season, and then suddenly they're like, "Let's have sex at night in the middle of the garden out in the outside. open." That's a good idea. Where anybody could here. see them. I was like, like, "Oh, they're not gonna. They're not. Oh, they are." Yeah, <laughs> and then random pillows and blankets show. He wakes you know. up with a pillow and a blanket. I don't. You're outside. Where did they? Where did that come from? What's happening? <laughs> I, I feel understand. like they were really trying to channel the Mr. Darcy Kate scene from the best Pride and Prejudice movie. Bite me. Uh, you know where they're in that rainy thing and oh yeah yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. Oh my I don't God. love you blah and it's like angry. Kill me. I feel like there was a lot of that being channeled, but they not, did. Uh, I agree with you because they also did the hand thing. Did anybody yes. else notice? Yes, that? yes, yes. yes. By and they like almost uh, touch pinkies, but they don't. And oh, I'm like, oh my God, mm-hmm. why is that so sexual? I love it. it. I know. It really is though. I don't <sighs> know. Oh, I want them to find a ha- ends after the after episode four. Like that. That's <laughs> I do. When the okay, I I do have to complain about the storm thing as well. So like in the books, Kate is mm-hmm. like, I loved that mortally part. terrified of storms. Like if she hears lightning, she's like Here's in a lightning. complete panic attack. <laughs> right, like she's completely frozen in a panic attack, and she goes to the library, and a storm like lightning and stuff starts happening, and Anthony finds her and like eases her out of her panic attack and that was like a serious moment. lovely bonding moment that they just were like we they don't need it. it it's fine yeah. she can be scared of yeah. storms but then she'll just like go off riding into the storm on a horse which what is the obviously f- the thing to do <laughs> like so weird what so was all of that they, yeah they took a key thing from her out and that, they did that two that other scene. times too the so bee. Yeah. They did that with Penelope's character too, which again, why are we ruining the women characters? So in right. the book, Cressida makes fun of Penelope at dinner mm-hmm. and Colin oh, or Anthony, I love one that of them part. sticks Anthony. up for her. Anthony, Anthony sticks does. up for her and like says something to Cressida to like make her And then he shut like up. sits and with her at like, dinner and everyone's yeah. like, yeah. Oh my god. And, <laughs> yes, and he you see him being like this actual human being yeah. who's nice and caring, who has feelings. And then the la- second thing that they changed, or not the second thing, but like the millionth thing that they changed at the end is when Penelope hears 
Colin telling all of the boys that he's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a fantasy. Like, I would never dream of I would marry Penelope. Her. That happens in the book, but it happens differently. And I think if they would have stuck to the way that happened in the book, it would have been a really good moment for her to shine. Because in the book, she walks out of the house and she hears him telling his brothers. So it's not mm-hmm. the other dudes in the ton, it's his brothers. And she's standing at the door. And when they realize she's there, she just looks at him and he, she says, I never asked you to. Like, I never asked you to marry me. And she walks away. And it's yeah, just this, like, awesome. very strong moment for her where she handles it so well. Mm-hmm. But in the show, they had her crying and running away. Well, I like, think in the book... I don't understand. In the book, doesn't um, she go, I'm not marrying Benedict either. And then yeah. Anthony walks her home or something. Yeah. Yeah, she says, I never asked you to... She's like, I'm not marrying Benedict. That doesn't hurt him, does it? Yeah. And he's like, like, no. Are you offended? And he's like, how did I get drawn into this? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. I just read that part. It was just like a very, I don't know, strong moment. I don't know what a good Mm -hmm. descriptor of it was, but it just, I remember it. It was, it sat with me because you see her handling a situation that would have been embarrassing for literally anyone. Yeah. And she doesn't have, she doesn't cry. She holds herself very well. Mm -hmm. But in the show, they turn her into this like, cry baby who runs away yeah. who's like my best friend hates me and now the love of my life is telling everybody he's not gonna marry me so i'm just gonna go run away and cry okay cool it's yeah. really frustrating that they like took those things away from women in this. now i'm just getting like all feminist mad <laughs> why <laughs> do you hate us so much but yeah. i mean they did make anthony a lot more aggressive and mean so it's all yeah it, right like they just took it and just exaggerated into the stereotypes which is frustrating when you know, we're just trying to live. Yeah, but we'll end it on a high note because I didn't talk about the horse race and it was one of my favorite scenes. When I yes. love that part. She's like, you think too much about this. She's like, no, maybe you think too little. And then they're screaming at each other about the horses. <laughs> and everyone's like, should we break them up? And they're like, no, it's fine. Like, Go, and then he yeah. buys a horse and she's like, no. <laughs> Get that out of here. Like, that no, was so said, great when she was like, You're You an said idiot. you had a horse. Yeah. It's like the horse is oh in my a book. Gosh. When Edwina <laughs> looks at him and is like, Yeah, I don't like horses. Oh, her face is just like, Oh. Gigantic <laughs> animal. I yeah. don't even ride, so. Yeah. Thanks, bud. Also, there is a fourth Felicity sister that nobody knows. Or a fourth Featherington sister named Felicity that nobody knows about unless you read the book. And again, it feels like a very... She's important in book four. Yeah, she's important for the rest of the series. And she's Hyacinth's best friend. And again, I feel like it's just a very noted difference because she balances out the group of sisters. She's more like Penelope than like the older sisters. And without her character... Penelope is more alone she's more isolated she's more like the black sheep of the family like instead of having this sisterly bond with somebody who's more like her it's like why would you take that out like she needs that mm-hmm. can I talk about something that happens in book four like I don't know if I should spoil yes. it for people who do it go for it spoiler it. book four spoiler I just read the part where um <laughs> uh you know, Colin finds out that she's la- uh, Lady Whistledown, and then mm-hmm. he gets, like, all worked up about it. He's like, this is dangerous for you! Ah, what if people know? And then um, he takes her home, and then they get out of the carriage, and he's like, uh, so we're getting married now. And, you know, they, like, he, like, fondles her in the carriage. They have, like, a makeout session. It gets, I don't know, heated. 
And she's like, oh, I have to appreciate this now because it's going to end. And then, you know, he gets out of the carriage and he's like, so we're getting married now, right? And she's like, what? But um, he goes in to ask her mom to, for her hand in marriage. And it's the most satisfying fucking scene it's I've ever read scene. in my life. But Felicity is like a major part of that scene because yeah. the mom is trying to, mar- you know, push Colin and Felicity together. And he's like, why would I be with this child? Who's the same age as my little sister? That's fucking weird. Obviously, I'm here with Penelope, and they like he like stands up for her, and Felicity is like, like a big part of that. So I don't know how. Yeah, I hope it's they amazing. keep that scene in there. I really like. I really it's need so that scene satisfying. <laughs> he's also so obsessed with eating food throughout the whole thing that he's yeah, like, I'm hungry all the time. Colin is consistently <laughs> super hangry in. And it's even in Eloise's book, he shows up and they're all getting mad and doing this whole thing. And then he's like, oh, but you have food? Cool. And he just starts eating while the other three are like barring this guy against the wall. And Colin's over here snacking. And I'm like, oh, I love it. I love that it's automatic, too. Like he walks into a room and all the Bridgertons are like, oh, we need food. Like even the servants, they're just immediately like, oh, Colin's here. We need to double the order. Cool. Yeah. Food just starts coming. Where are the sandwiches? Where is the food? All the time. Just consistently. Also, if they don't put the face plant scene in Penelope season. Oh my I'm god, really that was so hilarious. It's, I love that scene. I was Loretta was reading it and like, have you gotten to the scene yet? Like, have they gotten out of the carriage yet? Did anything happen? Please yet? describe for Aaron's sake. So it's, they so, are getting out of the carriage at her yeah. house and he puts his hand out. They to had just help gotten her down. like frisky in the carriage too. Yeah. So Penelope yeah. is like already not there. She's, she's like, holy shit! Yeah. You just touched she's my like, boob. Do I look okay? Does yeah. it? Can you tell? Can you tell that you just did this in the carriage? It's like you. He look gets fine. out of the carriage and he's like, "So when are we getting married?" Basically, while he's trying to help her out of the carriage, and she's like, "What?" And then she falls out and face plants. <laughs> Straight face plants in the car. It's hilarious. And he's like, are you okay? And she's like, uh, you just proposed. No. But she's all sitting there. I've got to enjoy this while it lasts. And they get out and he's like, okay, so i got to talk to your mom. We're getting married. And she's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, well, obviously we're getting married. And she's like. I, See, I don't like that, though. I mean, that's funny, that scene you're describing. But the whole, like, ah, oh, the patriarchy of, yeah. like, oh, we kissed. So, like, now, obviously. Like, literally nobody saw us, but we still have to get married, even though no one saw us. Well, to be fair, he does love Penelope. He does. He's just using that as the reason to get married faster. So he literally literally tells everybody, like, hey, we had Mm -hmm. sex, so we're getting married tomorrow. Peace out. Yeah, yeah, he uses that to move up the wedding. Oh, no, he absolutely does. He goes to the moms and is like, so we need to move the wedding up. Yeah. And the moms are like, what? And he's like, yeah, we need to move the wedding up. Cause, wink, wink. You know, wink, wink. And they're like, okay, here we go. Expedited. <laughs> he's like, I just want to get married now. I don't want to, I don't want to wait. He has, that man has no patience at all. It's brilliant. I love he, it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you like Colin's book, Ugh. just wait for Hyacinth's book. Just wait for Gregory's okay. book. Like I will get back to the last two. The last two books, seven and eight, are my favorites. There okay. is a treasure hunt involved in one of them. Oh, I love that. Just keep that in mind. And Hyacinth is twenty times sassier than she is as a child. She, Oof. as an adult that is woman, quite she's honestly. the best. But okay. I, I think we should be wrapping this up. Yeah. So. Everybody, we love Bridgerton. Yes, we do. So uh, for a game, it's not really a game because I didn't know how to like make up fake things in my head. 
So I just found um, from historycollection.com a list of indecent behaviors from the Regency era. And I'm just going to, we could just like briefly discuss uh, some of are these. Are these real? Some are pretty gross. So I don't like, like, obviously I think most people know that like candles and stuff were deadly. So like we were making arsenic candles and just like people were dying and they're like, I have no idea why. And it's cause they're just like burning arsenic into their throats all the time. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Aaron's face Oh my is God. Okay. This is probably my favorite one. A high class mistress actually wrote a not safe for work. Tell all Harriet Wilson was a mistress to numerous famous and wealthy men in Regency England. After several of her paramours failed to provide her with decent financial support, as was expected, she wrote a tell-all book called The Memoirs of Harriet Wilson, written by herself, which caused a massive scandal by naming and shaming numerous high-ranking men. Um, It's a two-volume autobiography with dukes, foreign secretaries, various other nobles, um, even the prince regent himself. She didn't sleep with the prince regent, but she details an affair that he has given to... Uh, for twenty that he promised twenty thousand pounds and didn't pay it for. Um, this sounds like real life. Oh my- Willa Collins. Yes, I was just gonna so say like, that. <laughs> um, despite the transfer of funds, the associations were not looked into as prostitution in the era, but instead of financially caring for a dependent long-term lover. So that's interesting. Like you could just have a mistress, and it was totally legal because you would just you know like that was your dependent, obviously. Um. I love so when I read books life, from Willa Collins, Harriet Wilson. We need to look that up pretty I immediately. Love that. Um, lots of people I love took when... opium a lot, so everybody was super high, like almost all the time. You know, and yeah. Oh my god! I'm sorry, but when Benedict gets high off the tea, <laughs> I, know. I love I that part I mean. so much. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Was, no, we need that. That's amazing. Okay, here's a creepy one. Uh, when unmarried couples had to stay at hotels together, they were sewn into bed together. Called bundling. They would spend a night in a bed together with some sort of barrier between them to prevent premarital relations. (laughs) It was believed to encourage intimacy in courting young couple to (laughs) prevent any sinning from happening. Uh, Sometimes a board was down or a rolled up wad of bedding. Um, Yeah, that's going to be effective. Yeah, what? <laughs> a woman would wear a unique sack-like cloth that was difficult to get out of, or they were both sewn down uh, in a cl- bag that was sewn down the middle. What? Um, yeah, this is super... Okay. They could just might... put a knot in the bed together. I mean... I know. Okay. Why don't you don't? Only one not? bed, but you're sewn so separated. <laughs> Apparently this was but no touchy. in Dutch people, like in the Pennsylvania Dutch Amish... Uh, culture in the u.s too so and it uh potentially is still practiced today can you imagine is it meant to be like a tease like to tease everybody i don't know it's just very uncomfortable the whole put this on i need to sew in the middle of it (laughs) what okay this one makes me how long did it take how long did they have to like (laughs) i'm picturing a woman like yeah like climb on top of them like sewing (laughs) hold on (laughs) what what is your job? Oh, I'm a seamstress. For what? Oh, you know, I just well, sew people in the bed. <laughs> she's going and she's like, so have your week's been? Like, she's making oh small talk. <laughs> Crazy uh, weather we're having. Lately. 
Okay, this one's pretty great as well. Folk songs were extremely obscene, and I am thinking of Big Titty Liddy from Serpent and Dove, 100%. Of course. Um, many older folks complain about the lewd nature of today's music. However, many of today's rappers and pop stars had nothing on the troubadours of the Regency era. A uh, favorite song of the era was A Lusty Young Smith. Um, I have an explicit version describing the frequency of the encounter of a married woman and this young blacksmith, if you would... Uh, like I have some of yes. these songs. Yes, I mean, obviously. Read, read, read the lyrics. Do it. We need to. We need to know. Sing for them. <laughs> I don't know if I can sing it, but we will do this. Six times did his iron by vigorous heating, frow soft on in her forge in a minute or so, and as often was hardened, still beating and beating, but each time it softened, it hardened more slow. With a jingle bang, jingle bang, jingle bang, jingle. With a jingle bang, jingle bang, jingle hi ho. <laughs> You're welcome. Wow. I do have I do have another uh raunchy folk song. What a banger. Yeah, we should have just done raunchy folk songs. That's really <laughs> The Trooper Water His Nag. A humorous story of a man stopping to water his horse and eventually wetting his <clears throat> appetite with the innkeeper's daughter. As one does. You know. Okay, that brings new you can't lead a horse to water. Um <laughs> Okay. But what is this hangs under his chin? Tis the bag he puts his provender in. Quoth he, what is this? Quoth she, tis a well, where ball your nag can drink his fill. But what if my nag should chance to slip in? Then catch holds of the grass that grows on the brim. But what if the grass should chance to fail? Shove him in by the head, pull him out by the tail. What the fuck? What? <laughs> I don't know what I just read. Yeah, if I had to choose and go with the blacksmith. Um, yeah. oh we're gonna God. end there because I don't yeah. think that I can beat out that no, little I don't think you can. What a note to end on, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um writers thing. take note. We need more bangers Sierra, like this. Sierra, <laughs> I'm gonna go find to some go. more dirty folk songs. I feel like this I is to my new favorite thing. So glad we did this. All right. Um, <laughs> History lessons with Jess. Uh, next week, we're talking about spicy mythology um, and some things about gods and goddesses, that type of stuff. Um, follow us on socials, on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the places, at Emo Girls Guide. And may your day be blessed with main character energy. Main, main character, character energy. energy. <laughs>